you would turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Worship team, thank you for leading us into worship of Most Holy God today. Those were powerful songs that we sang. Holy, holy, holy. We can't say it enough. To allow the idea and the truth, the fact that God is holy. We can't say it enough to make that saturate, to penetrate, to fill who we are, because that's what we are called to do. Even as we sang that song, our vision statement for IBC, to glorify God in all that we do, this is a moment that is holy. This is a moment where we get to glorify God by proclaiming he is holy. And we are drawn into his presence. And he is glorified in that. The second phrase of our vision statement says to delight in him. Is there nothing better? Don't you wish you could just stay right here and sing how holy God is? (laughs) Whatever with the nonsense out there. Because this is what we were made for. This is taking delight Wonderful. Now, the challenge is to take this out of this building and to go be in a place of of recognizing, acknowledging, knowing that God is holy as you're driving home today, even. Maybe even while you're watching an NFL game today. Maybe tomorrow as you go back to your place of work or school or wherever it is in your home, remembering being in this place that God is holy. Lord, you are holy. And you have engaged me. You've invited me in. In fact, not only that, but you've invited me in to be holy like you are. Which is an absolute impossibility, isn't it? In and of ourselves, yes. But last week, Pastor Aaron preached on our justification. And in that justification, if you'll recall, it is the judge, the almighty judge, pounding down the seal that says, not guilty. Because of what Jesus has done, because he's already paid for our sin. All through the scope of history, which is his story, All through history and his story, what God is doing is redeeming people back to himself. Because when he first created mankind, it was for his own glory that they would enjoy rich fellowship together, but it got broken by sin. And ever since then, God has been on mission to bring people, to bring us back to himself. Oh, holy God. That's how much he loved you and me. That he was willing to sacrifice his own son, who was perfect. 
He lived this life on earth in perfection because only a sacrifice that is perfect would work. The wages of sin is death. Every one of us is a sinner. Romans tells us that very clearly. Every one of us is a sinner. Separated from God because of that, because of that sin in our life. Because of our sin nature. God is holy and in his holiness he can have nothing to do with sin. Nothing. So he could have nothing to do with us. So he allowed his wrath the punishment of our sin to fall on his own son who was the perfect sacrifice. That is our holy God. That's what he's all about. We earn none of it. So to be proclaimed righteous is ridiculous, but that's what he has done. By the blood of Jesus, when you come into faith, as Pastor Aaron pointed out, we reach out our hands in faith to receive Otherwise, there's nothing we do. We only receive by faith that he gives us by his spirit to trust in what God has done for us through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. That is our salvation. That is our justification. Then what? Then what? That's what we're going to talk about today. Then what? There's a big word for it. It's called Sanctification. Big word, sanctification. Sanctification is what you get to do as a believer the rest of your life. The rest of your life. Sounds like a long time. (laughs) But I'm telling you what, as I've studied this and taken a bath in this, I'm glad it's the rest of my life. Because I'm glad I don't have to be perfect by next week. Because doggone it, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to try, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We'll get there. So we're going through, by the way, welcome to membership class at IBC. This is what we are doing. We are going through our membership material in order that so many of you who are new with us can become members. And we want you to understand what membership at IBC is. Right now we're going through our statement of faith. The things that we believe. These things are critical. And if you, as you are listening to these things, go, nah, I don't believe that. This is not the place for you. It really isn't. Because these are the linchpins. These are the very cornerstone foundational pieces of why we come together on Sunday mornings. And do life together through the week. A few weeks ago, Pastor Aaron spoke on the inspiration of Scripture. Pastor Mike then preached on one infinite God. Last week, Pastor Aaron talked about justification. Today, we are talking about sanctification and whatever that means. I'm not going to go into great detail on its definition because I want to dig into what it looks like, how it works, or how it functions. What is it? Really, it's the growth process is what it is. There are really two meanings to sanctification. One is our position before Almighty God. He has made us sanctified. He has set us apart. He has made us holy in our position. Ephesians speaks clearly to that. That is our position. We have been justified. When we place our faith in the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, the word tells us that we put on his robe of righteousness. 
And God sees that and goes, boom, not guilty. Underneath that robe, I know that I'm a sinner. How can God see me as righteous? Because of the blood of Jesus. And I've received that, and you have received that. That's how, and only how. (laughs) It is nothing we do. We don't earn anything. We don't earn any merit, any favor, any acceptance, any approval by what we do. What we do is simply an outpouring. It is a response to what we understand in our salvation. And that's the sanctification piece we're going to talk about. It is a process. It is a maturing. It is a growing in our life. It is not only an understanding, it's an action as well. All this comes together in the sanctification process. In the end, what happens is we are changed We are transformed into the image of Jesus. That's the process. That is what is happening. So we want to dig into that. According to, here's a little piece of a definition, an explanation. According to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. And are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. It is a continuing change worked by God in us. Freeing us from sinful habits and forming in us Christ-like affections, dispositions, and virtues. It does not mean that sin is instantly eradicated. But it is also more than a counteraction in which sin is merely restrained or repressed without being progressively destroyed. Sanctification is a real transformation, not just the appearance of one. So tomorrow I'm going to act like a Christian. (laughs) No, that's not how that works. Yes, we want to act like a Christian, but we want to act like Christ. I want to be like Christ. And as I seek to do that, God does his work in me, and that's when the change happens. It's not putting on a show. So how does it happen? How does sanctification, this change, this transformation take place? First, we must understand it is God's work in you. It is God's work in you. It is nothing that you are doing necessarily. It is God who does the transforming in our lives. We know Philippians 1.6, for I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He began a good work in you. He, he, he allowed you, he gave you the power to have faith to understand your need for Jesus. You trusted in Jesus. You received the gift of salvation. That's when he began the work in you. And now he's going to bring it, and he's going to work it, and he's going to transform you and me all the way until the, until the day of Jesus Christ when we are face-to-face with him. That's what I'm talking about. It's a life, life, lifetime thing, and it's God doing it in us. Romans 8, 29, we've been, he, he predestined, that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, You are going to look more and more like Jesus. That's what he's doing in your life. You will look more and more like Jesus. So when you have these interactions, I love the story we heard of Jeff today. We have totally stolen his thunder, by the way. 
When he comes back and gets to testify, we go, yeah, we know Jeff. (laughs) But don't you love that? What happened was Jeff was allowing the Lord, and he was seeking the Lord in the moment. He had hit some adversity in the airport, apparently, in Paris. Don't know what that story is yet. But he was recognizing adversity happening and cried out to the Lord, Lord, restore my joy. Help me to keep my eyes on you. And this thing happens on that airplane, which is crazy. Did he go, yeah, I'm going to be really nice so that these people will be impressed and they'll move me to first class and then I'll get to visit the cockpit? Of course not. I see that, though, as God has given Jeff a gift on that flight. Jeff, I'm going to show you how I'm going to use you. This is the transformation. This is the sanctification process. So what happened to Jeff Scott on that flight is God built Jeff a little bit more to be like Jesus, to look like Jesus. What just happened in Jeff's life is a building block. He is now prepared to be on the ground facing challenges, which apparently he is. There's a ton of dump truck loads of dirt coming, and he can hardly keep that bulldozer going. Game on. Is God still God? Yeah. He saw God at work on the airplane. It's never over. (laughs) I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Christ's life in me, Christ living in me. How does that happen? Do you sit down in your pew and go, Lord, here I am. Just live your life in me. Change me. Mold me. Conform me. You do it now. Okay. Okay. Come on now. It's not how it happens. It's not how it happens. There has to be certainly that receptivity. Lord, I want you. I desire. Please, Lord, live your life in me. Yes, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit when we trust in Jesus. And we have that. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. However, we do have a part in our sanctification process. We have choices to make in this. As I said, it's, it's, a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So be patient with yourself. And be patient with others. We're on this journey together. It's a lifetime. (laughs) Sometimes we look around and it's not a good moment. We look around and go, I wish that person would just be like this. I wish that person would just do this. Well, there's many times they're looking at you and go, I wish they would do this. It's very unhealthy when we begin to look around at one another and go, would you please hurry up and get sanctified? Let's be patient and gracious and merciful with one another as the Father is with us. It is seeking God. It is seeking God with everything we have. Philippians 2, you're open there? Philippians 2, let's look at two verses, 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, 
not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Here's how I look at this this passage. Seek with everything that you have to understand what God has done for you. Seek to more deeply get who God is and who you are. The more that you understand and that I understand holy God... I'm going to be honest with you. As we're singing this song, holy, 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 I'm going, Lord, I'm not worthy of speaking in front of you today. You are holy God. Who am I? And it scares me to stand before you and proclaim God's truths when it's just me. He is holy. The more we understand how holy Of his holiness, it should just drive us to our knees. His awe, his majesty, his sovereignty, his greatness. In contrast of who we are. Sinful people. That can never, never attain his holiness. His glory, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. We can never do it, except through Jesus Christ. And it just drives us there. He has provided a way. Praise him for that, that he has provided a way. As we then understand our salvation, God, you have done this for me. It says, work who works in you, it says, work out your own salvation. This is personal. This is you individually. Work out your own salvation. Understand your own salvation. And as you understand more deeply, more and more, the breadth, the height of who God is, who you are, and what he has done for you, you will fear and tremble. (laughs) You will fear and tremble. You will fall to your knees and go, oh God, thank you. It says, it is God who works in you. He will give you the understanding as you seek him. He will help you to understand more and more what it is he has done for you. And then there's action. Then there's action. He, it says, who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's going to give you the desire to engage in his mission. To engage with him, to know him, and then be on mission with him. That will be the response. So as we seek him in the sanctification process, to know who he is, what he has done for us, for me, the more I understand that, the more engaged I will become in what he's all about. Every day of my life will become, Lord, you are holy. You have done this. Lord, I want to be yours today. Use me as you will this day. 
If you want to understand more about your salvation, go read first three chapters of Romans. Boy, those, those passages they just spell out our flesh and what we're made of. But then it also shows what God has done about that. And it is a miraculous, beautiful, glorious thing that he has done. Holy God and sinful me. Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, was slain for you and for me. The result is an awe and a reference, a fear and trembling for God, for what he has done. That only grows bigger and bigger as we understand more deeply what he's done for us. God is doing it in us. I'm going to suggest six actions, practical actions in your sanctification process that will, that will help you in your sanctification process. And when you talk about pursuing God, what does that look like? Here they are, six things. Number one, the study of his word. Be in his word consistently. Be in his word consistently. This is how we know God, right here. I heard a statement recently that said, yeah, people are looking for this experience to hear the voice of God when he's given it to us right here. Just read his word and hear his voice there. It's all here. Doesn't mean he doesn't speak to us. It's not the point. The point is he's given us a ton of his words and his, his thoughts and his ways of who he is right here in his word. Dig into his word. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119. He's given us that. That is my exhortation. Pastor Mike two weeks ago said his New Year's resolution is to learn something new about God every day. I'm not a New Year's resolution guy either, but God impressed upon me. I've gotten away from journaling in my quiet time. I haven't done it for quite a while, and I'm back at it. I'm doing it this year. I'm committed. At least three times in the week, I'm going to write down thoughts from my quiet time. The verses, what God is teaching me in those, and I'm doing it because I got to be in the Word more. I want to saturate who I am. Be in the Word. Number two, biblical community. Be in biblical community. This is biblical community. Pastor Aaron, I love the things you shared this morning about Jeff, Molly's birthday. This is body life, people. This is the body of Christ celebrating the goodness of God in our lives. We need that. It is encouraging. We need that. But Sundays may not be enough, y'all. Do you have friends that are believers? Do you hang out with people who know Jesus? And when you get together, do you talk about the things God is teaching you? Are you talking about questions that you have? Boy, I don't know what's going on here, but man, could you pray with me on this? We need that with one another, biblical community. Join a life group. If you're not sure about a life group, get a hold of me down at the office. We'll get you going. Start a life group. Whatever. It doesn't have to be a big formal thing. We need to be together. It's important. It's critical. Number three, faithful preaching. The preaching God's word. What we're doing right now is really important. We at IBC forever have just valued the preaching of God's word. Since 1984... I have been able to come to IBC. Two of those years, I was still in Seattle, but my girlfriend lived up here and was teaching up here. I come up visit, I got to come to IBC. I got spoiled on the word of God. When Sue and I left for 20 years, we missed the preaching of God's word. We were on the Amazon listening to scratchy cassette tapes of the preaching of God's word that was taking place in this place. It was a bad deal because when we moved to Missouri, the preaching wasn't really great where we were, so it's like, wait, we miss our stuff back home. This is an important part. Do not forsake opening the Bible and having somebody preach God's word to you. It is important for us all. Consistent prayer number four. 
consistent prayer, not just at tables, at, at mealtimes. Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for We ask you to bless it. That's good. Don't. Stop there. Make prayer, talking with God, a part of your all-the-time thing. Pray without ceasing, we are told. Talk to God all the time. Lord, that driver up in front is ticking me off. Okay, help me, Lord. Help me to have the right attitude here. Help me to respond the right way in this circumstance. That person is just rubbing me wrong right now. Or, Lord, I'm really sad. Oh, man, whatever it may be. Or, man, this is great. I love how that went. We won. Yes. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Whatever. Talk to God consistently in your life. This is what helps to build us in our maturing process as a follower of Christ. Number four, confession of sin. Keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with God. Don't let those sins sit there and fester. I know that we feel like, just because in our humanity, we we have this, we are all raised in our homes with punishment, reward, kind of a way of doing life. And we have to earn it or we have to pay for it. In our lives, in our spiritual lives, Jesus has already paid for it. And if you get caught up in a sin and you're going, Lord, I can't confess it yet because I need to, I need to spend some time feeling bad first. Nonsense. Jesus already took care of it. If you confess, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Keep short accounts. Keep yourself clean before the Lord. Don't kick yourself. Don't punish yourself. That's already been done. And number six, I just call it circumstances. The circumstances of your life are opportunities to grow and be changed. No matter what they are, there are trials, there are testings, there are good times, there's all of that. I challenge us all in the midst of our circumstances to keep our focus on God all the way through it. There must be a spirit of humility as we approach all of this, as we approach our life a sense of desperate dependence before Almighty God. I can't do this, but God. He can do this, and he is doing it in our lives as we seek him. Understanding, as we seek him, we begin to see these things happen in our lives. I I do think, even as the, the Jeff story now that we heard today, God opens the curtain a little bit and allows us to see how he is using our lives. And in those moments, they are encouraging to us and they are building blocks in our faith, in our trust of who God is and that he is actually working in our lives. The understanding, though, comes first. That's why work out your salvation with fear and trembling means have an understanding of what it is he has done for you. When you begin to understand that, your actions then will follow. Right before Christmas, uh, the week before Christmas, uh, Sue and I got to go out to Omaha. We had a, my siblings got together. It was a, a special event for our family, and uh, some nieces and nephews, including our daughter, was there. Uh, my brother is about five years older than I am. He suffered a stroke a couple years ago, and he's doing quite well with his stroke. He's a little weak on the left side. And uh, one afternoon, we'd gone out, and we were, had come back now, the incline up. Uh, the driveway up to the house, 
And we're walking, we're talking with one another, and all of a sudden I heard this whap. I'm not sure exactly what the sound was, but it was like that. And what was that? I look up, and my brother has fallen down on the ground. It's five degrees out, so cold, and he's fallen just flat on the ground. And we all just stood there for a second. And it's like, what just happened? It just, even as I replay it in my mind, it seemed like it took forever. He fell on the ground. Okay, is he conscious? Yeah, he's conscious. Why did he fall? And why is he not getting up? Oh, that's right. He's on his left side. He had a stroke and he's weak there. He can't get up. He's completely helpless right now. Then we went into action. Went, got him situated, and stood him up. He had stumbled over something is what happened. But until there was understanding, there was no action. We, we talk about it later. Christy, <laughs> my quick-thinking, quick-acting daughter, goes, why didn't anybody do anything? <laughs> she was the first one there. I said, because everybody was processing what was happening. Does he need help? Oh, yeah, that's right. He had a stroke. He's weak on his left eye. He's on his left All those things were going through everybody's heads. And bam, we all jumped in to act. I think the same is true as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We understand. This is our part, though, you all, is to seek God to know God. To understand what it is he's done for us. And as we gain understanding of that, it launches us into action. Not to repay him for what he's done. We're never going to do that. We're not going to repay God for what he's done. That's not even what he wants from you. He wants you engaged with him. He wants to grow you. He wants to mature you. And he wants you to look like Jesus. And the word of God says he was going to do it. Last week, Pastor Aaron mentioned that God grows us through hard times, through trials and tribulations, through challenges. This ain't no lip service, y'all. This thing is for real. And it is a call to action. Our sanctification journey is an active, aggressive journey. But it is God who is doing it. As we seek to know him, we then act on the newfound knowledge and understanding that we receive from him. And in the process, God works in us to conform us to the image of his son, Jesus. This is the sanctification process. So what does it look like? 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You get to proclaim his excellencies. How great is our God? You get to do that. That is what it looks like. 1 Peter 1, therefore, the therefore comes right after a big old section about our salvation, how we have been redeemed, how we've been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have that salvation, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance when you didn't know, but now you do know. But as he who called you is holy, 
You also be holy in all your conduct. conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Going back to Leviticus. Be holy. We are a holy people. You are a holy person saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ. And now you're called to be set apart. That's what sanctification means. To be set apart. You will look different. Last summer we studied, went through a series on the fruit of the Spirit. This is a great test. Great test. How am I doing? How am I doing in my sanctification process? Check yourself with the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, long-suffering. Are these true of my life? Are these true of your life? I will say this. There are moments when absolutely 100% you show genuine Christ love to somebody else. 100%. And there are other times, probably not. Because we're on a journey (laughs) of maturing. That these, by God's grace, become more and more true of us. Not by our own efforts. Even though we are giving it all we have, as we seek God, we want him to do that in us. There is quite an interesting uh, balance here. As we talk about, do I just sit around and walk, and hopefully God will just change me? You know, Paul in, in, in Romans 7 talks about, I, I do the things that I don't want to do. I don't want to do the things that I want to do. It's just constant conflict. Here's a man who's writing letters to churches, who is establishing churches, and yet his testimony is the war is still going on in him. It's a marathon, not a sprint. But bit by bit by bit, Jesus conforms us. God, the Father, conforms us to the image of his son, Jesus. I want to close with one question and then a video I have. One question is, how do we do assessments? Can I do an assessment of my maturing process? Am I growing? Am uh, in my sanctification, is it growing? Am I looking more and more like Jesus as I go? Am I more like Jesus today than I was a year ago? Well, here's my question. Whatever. I, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but I think the question is, are you pursuing God more than you were before? What's the pattern of your life? Pursue God Seek after him and allow him to bring the change, the transformation, the sanctification in your life. I'm going to show you a video done by the skit guys. And when it is finished, I want us just to remain quiet for about two minutes. Because I want us to have an opportunity to talk to the Lord. Okay? Let's watch this video. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear heavenly father, Do whatever it takes to 
Mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Oh, Okay, okay. Um, If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? (sighs) Yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. (laughs) Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. With the platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel. No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. (laughs) I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work, and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away, because ultimately, you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just, um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is, you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um... It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, 
that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. That hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. chisel away but just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there because I know who's inside there because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see because deep inside there this 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 little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult And I go out and I I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. 
Come on, it's it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying, it's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life... The way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece.